Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya This is Misha Bhagavan Das broadcasting from Gallows Pole where uh, on the Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto. There's actually nobody here to give class, but somebody took the trouble to write the verse on the board. Felt like it should be read out. We're on the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, eighth chapter, verse 32. Kuchir ahar, ajam jatam, pun islokasya kirtaya, yada priya anu abye, matai eyabe, chandanam, Kuchid, somebody, Ahur says, 
Ajam, the unborn. Punyas Lokasya, of the great pious king. Kirtaye, for glorifying. Yada, of the king Yadu. Pritiasya, of the deer. Amubaya, in the family of Midaya, Malaya, Malaya Hills, and Chandanam Sandalwood. Translation. Somebody says that the unborn is now born for glorification of great pious king. Other says, for pleasing the king Yadu, one of your dearest devotees, you were born in his family as much as the Malaya Hills are famous for its sandalwood. Because the Lord's appearance in this material world is bewildering, there are different opinions about the birth of the unborn. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says himself that he takes his birth in the material world. Although he is the Lord of all creation, and he is unborn. So there cannot be any denial of the birth of the unborn because he himself establishes the truth. But still, there are different opinions as to why he takes his birth. That is also declared in the Bhagavad Gita that he appears by his own internal potency for reestablishing the principles of religion and to protect the pious and to annihilate the impious. That is the mission of the appearance of the unborn. Still, they say that the Lord is there for glorifying the pious king. Yudhisthir, Lord Sri Krishna, certainly wanted to establish the kingdom of the, of the Pandavas for the good of all in the world. When there is a pious king over the world, the people are happy for the virtuousness of the ruler. When the ruler is impious, the people are unhappy. In the age of Kali, in most cases, the rulers are impious, and therefore the citizens are also continuously unhappy. But in the case of democracy, the impious citizens themselves send their representative to rule over them, and therefore they cannot blame anyone for their unhappiness all around. Maharaj Nala was also celebrated as the great pious king, but he had no connection with Lord Krishna. Therefore, Maharaj Yudhisthira is meant here for being glorified by Lord Sri Krishna. He had also glorified King Yadu, having taken his birth in the family. is known as Yadav, or Yadavir, Yadunandana, and so on. Although the Lord is always independent from any such obligation, it is just like the sandalwood grows in the Malaya Hills. Tree, a tree can grow anywhere 
and everywhere, but yet because these sandalwood trees are mostly in the area of the Malaya Hills, the same sandalwood and the Malaya Hill are interrelated. Therefore, the conclusion is that the Lord is ever unborn like the sun, and yet he appears like the sun is risen on the eastern horizon. As the sun is never the sun of the eastern horizon, so the Lord is nobody's son, but he is the father of everything that be. So the Srimad Bhagavatam includes a lot of political science. Sri Krishna certainly wanted to establish the kingdom of the Pandavas for the good of all in the world. When there is a pious king over the world, the people are happy for the virtuousness of the ruler. And when the ruler is impious, the people are unhappy. In the age of Kali, in most cases, the rulers are impious, and therefore the citizens are also continuously unhappy. So we're feeling uh, the burden of, of impious leaders in today's society. We look, everybody looks to the government for, for help, for uh, guidance and example and leadership and what comes in return is is strife and misery the government gives us the coronavirus and then gives us all the restrictions of the coronavirus and then it gives us uh, more trouble just like the whole country the whole world is suffering from impious leaders and Srila Prabhupada, he uh, says in democracy that we, we elect the leaders so that we can't complain about them. Uh, someone might say, well, we, we, we don't have anybody to choose from to, to, to elect that that will be of any help. So that's, Kali Yuga, it's become like that where the uh, people are suffering from due to bad, bad leadership. So Prabhupada, he uh, gave, gave that much credit to democracy that you have to uh, take responsibility for who you elect. For instance, when Srila Prabhupada was uh, new in America, there was a big, everybody was complaining about the government sending us off to Vietnam to fight a war that they didn't understand. So, Srila Prabhupada was uh, friends to uh, the war protesters and hippies because he was he brought them Krishna consciousness. And then they they complained about. They asked Prabhupada, you know, what he felt like about the war, complaining that you know it's unjust and something we shouldn't be doing. And Prabhupada said he actually shocked all the 
the hippies by saying that, well, you've elected your president, so if he sends you to war, then you have to go. So the uh, situation was was tense, and uh, Prabhupada he uh, came from a different angle that nobody really ever thought about was that uh, that you have to actually f- f- abide by the government that you elected. But overall, the problem is just the. Uh, Lack of Krishna consciousness in all of our lives that leads to problems from the top to the bottom. Because without developing love for Krishna, people don't have good any direction in life. They don't have they they become uh, under the influence of the demoniac energy and and don't know what to do and don't know what not to do. And acting for the personal self-interest, they do unbeneficial acts that are meant for the destruction of the world. So, this is the, the Kali Yuga is an ocean of, ocean of faults, this, this day and age. Uh, it's predicted in the Srimad Bhagavatam, that 12th canto, that as Kali Yuga progresses, the situation in the world will become more and more Uncomfortable and disturbing. Unlucky, always disturbed. And in this way, the atmosphere of this this day and age is uh, one of doom in the sense that Bhagavatam predicts the future of, as Kali Yuga progresses, the religious principles become less and less and the government leaders will become like highway bandits. So what's a highway bandit? You're driving down the road or walking down the street, and somebody comes and then rob, you know, overpowers you with a gun or some other method and then overpowers the person and takes all their money. Uh, it's not a very nice description, but the Srimad Bhagavatam says gives that comparison that in today's day and age, that's what kind of government you'll have. And then you'll, there'll be disease everywhere. So we can see that, that the whole world's all alarmed. Just talking about this one particular disease. There's uh, many diseases. The body is uh, riddled with disease. It's uh, on a has an expiration date. Ritabhija Swami was telling us that every body we have has an expiration date. The, the material body is uh, subject to six different transformations. It starts off that you're born. And then you grow up and uh, reproduce, live for, live for a while, working hard. And then the body becomes uh, starts to dwindle. And then it becomes uh, deteriorating to the point where the soul just can't live in it anymore, like an old car that just won't run another mile. So then 
uh, action of death takes place. And then after death, you have oblivion, which means ashes to ashes, the dust to dust. So this material body that we take as the self is uh, under the laws of material nature. It's, it's has a destructive or it becomes deteriorated and, and it becomes destroyed. So the, the soul never changes. Every spirit soul in every body is the same in the sense that they're all part and parcel of Krishna. They all have the same quality. Like Just like there's different kinds of wood, you could have walnut or pine or teak. But when you burn wood, fire is always the same. So the soul is the same in every body. have a Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, they describe the true quality of mankind that's free from all material designations. So the soul is pure and belongs with Krishna, but due to our desire to lord it over material nature, we come to this material world as God's competitor and undergo repeated birth, death, old age, and disease, and so many miseries, miseries that come from the body and the mind, hunger, thirst, lamentation, the weather, and other people, and other living entities that are always seeming to harass us. So, in this way, the, a person that in their effort to try to enjoy se- separate from Krishna, they become, you know, a victim of their own envy. And this Krishna doesn't like to see all of us suffer, actually. He would like to see us turn back to him. It's sometimes described that Krishna sitting in our heart like a, like a bird and that we're another bird. So these two birds are there and then one bird is waiting for the other bird to turn to him and say... Uh, is there anything I can do for you? Rather than just fulfilling their own personal desires. So, Krishna had Maharaj Yudhisthira as the king because he, Maharaj Yudhisthira was a good leader. Uh, one of the, the last before Kali Yuga became uh, manifest with, its, with the, the new leaders that, that are not pious. Maharaj Yudhisthira's piety was so strong that you know, he, a uh, sinless person, never told a lie in his life. And when he was president, then they had uh, good weather. It was always uh, springtime. It would only rain at night. And every day was just a beautiful day. So that's the kind of result you get by t- uh, taking to Krishna consciousness which is why I was saying that the, the lack, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati would say that the only the only thing missing in this world, the only thing that's we're short on, is Krishna consciousness. So Krishna consciousness, we learned about 
by the mercy of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Srila Prabhupada, he came and brought this message to the West, and he uh, established the International Society for Krishna Consciousness uh, that has many branches around the world, one of which we're, we're at right now, Radha College Dam, Dallas, Texas. And by giving the world the ISKCON, Srila Prabhupada, he has a dissemination of knowledge and a standard of living that elevates people to the higher standard of life, to an enlightened consciousness, Krishna consciousness. He spread the holy name of the Lord, which is the whole, how do you say, key or entrance into the spiritual realm through the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. And the Sankirtan movement of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which began in Mayapur in around the year 1500, has spread all over the world by through the efforts of, of Srila Prabhupada and his, and his devotees. So, we had the uh, good fortune of being able to be part of that a little bit to, by assisting Prabhupada in, by going out and selling his books, doing a Harinam Sankirtan, distributing Prashadam, these nice uh, practical methods he, he gave us to spread Krishna consciousness by and become Krishna conscious ourselves. He took a great risk of his life to come to America at an old age, and he had heart attacks. But he had, he had success, and Prabhupada said that his success came from the Harinam by doing Sankirtan. He started by giving lectures, and people just couldn't figure it out. But when Prabhupada took the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, out to Washington Square Park and then Thompson Square Park and other places, then uh, there was response. There was uh, response. Uh, the New York Times responded and printed an article showing Swami's flock in the park. And Prabhupada said this New York Times is a very important newspaper. It, and it's the the beginning of our movement. This marks the the beginning of Christ, of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness in the West. And then Srila Prabhupada went to from New York to San Francisco and opened you know opened the temple there and connected with the all the big rock stars of the time and. And thousands of people came and started chanting Hare Krishna. By Prabhupada's influence, he created what was called, a, it was a, now we're into 1967, and Srila Prabhupada created what was called the Summer of Love. Uh, in San Francisco, 
they had a, a, a big influence from a, of well, it was San Francisco always been an, an artsy town, a town of uh, mixed cultures, and they had a lot of uh, receptibility to what to Christian consciousness, to what Srila Prabhupada brought. Srila Prabhupada, he what they call the summer of love was actually, uh, if you look at the history, it was, it was all from Srila Prabhupada because everything was already there in San Francisco before Prabhupada came. Uh, 1966, even the Beatles came to San Francisco. So there was, so what, what happened between 1966 and 1967? How come the summer of 1966 wasn't the summer of love? Because Prabhupada wasn't there. When Prabhupada came in 1967, he had the Hare Krishna mantra and everybody chanting, and he had a Ratha Yatra festival, which um, spread Krishna consciousness very, very wide because thousands of people took part in the Ratha Yatra festival. Lord Jagannath going to Golden Gate Park. And Srila Prabhupada brought the flower power. Prabhupada brought flowers into uh, into the scene by just by Vedic culture. Prabhupada, this is what we do like right now, Shishi Radha Kalachanji. They're, they're covered in flowers. They have beautiful yellow, orange, and red uh, garlands on. Vases Mother Kunti put together that make it such in such a way that it's just flowers all over. There's a tree behind Radha and Kalachanji that's filled with flowers. And so Prabhupada he brought this this idea of, of flowers into the culture. Uh, offering flowers. Pratam Pushpam Krishna says, if you offer me a flower, he'll accept it. So Prabhupada also brought a what they call love beats, by, which is what we know as, as Japa Mala. And Srila Prabhupada brought a lot of color and clothes, Indian clothes. He bought saris for the Matajis and asked the devotees, you know, to put on, taught them how to wear dhotis and saris, put on tilak and traditional Vaishnav dress. So they uh, had a big influence on people, especially with prasadam. Now, the thing about the summer of love is that it it uh, wasn't really practical for everybody just to live in Golden Gate Park and be uh, love one another. Everybody get together. It only was able to happen because the devotees fed everybody every day. That was that, that made it possible. The Pashadam was uh, organized by the devotees on, in, in San Francisco through, through the summer of six, 1967. They, the devotees fed 200 people every day, which is amazing. Jayananda Prabhu would get, gather the boga he, through donations, and they would have massive cutting up of, vet, of vegetables, everything cooked in ghee, of course. And this way, the ecstatic prashadam 
and the kirtan and the flowers and the beads and all all these wonderful things that Prabhupada gave us, these wonderful gifts from Krishna had a, a major impact on the consciousness of the the people of the United States of America. So, so much so that everybody has some, it's not unusual to find somebody who has some kind of good memory of their Krishna consciousness, some Krishna consciousness experience somewhere where they've met a devotee or heard, heard a kirtan or had prasadam. And it's, it's per- permeated our, the world this Krishna consciousness movement with temples all over and kirtan going all over, prasadam distribution. and It's very exciting how it, how it went. So, Srila Prabhupada then uh, had another heart attack, his third one. So he went back to India in nine, at, that, at the end of that summer and got a special benediction in Vrindavan where Krishna gave Prabhupada 10 years of youth, of inexplicable youth that, that he was able to use to go and spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. He went around the world like twice every year from 1968 till 1977. Srila Prabhupada was a man on the move. Uh, Srila Prabhupada is coming. He was always coming somewhere. And devotees, and, and wherever he would go, he would enliven people and, and bring Krishna consciousness to them. So, it was really extraordinary. Uh, when we first saw Srila Prabhupada in Atlanta in 1975, the first impression was just how incredibly effulgent he was, how he lit up the whole place. And the next thing was how fast he was. It was a, a man, an elderly man, 70, 71 years old more, and he was moving like much, he had much more energy than than his young disciples that were in their 20s. So how could that be? Prabhupada was skirting along and, and, and we also noticed that he didn't quite touch the ground. So he had this uh, powerful presence that was able to influence people to take up Krishna consciousness. We've been reading uh, this wonderful story about from Giriraj Swami. I don't know if, if any of you are, missed it, but uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning, we have the Prabhupada Nectar. Shilatamal Krishna Goswami asked that we read a little something from Prabhupada's pastimes every day here in Radhakala Chanjidam. So... We've been able to relish the pastimes of Prabhupada as he spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. And the um, effort that he's put out, first he spread Krishna consciousness all over America, then he went to England and met, then there was the the Beatles spreading Krishna consciousness on behalf of Srila Prabhupada, which really made it take off. So, they said in the London newspaper, Krishna chant startles London. So Prabhupada, he 
he liked newspaper articles about Krishna consciousness. He, he would send them to his god brothers. He, he felt like the recognition from the newspapers of his movement was significant, and he uh, was very happy when when he because he knew he knows that the newspapers uh, become the basis of history, like what people write down as news today is tomorrow's history. So Srila Prabhupada was completely successful in his mission of spreading Krishna consciousness in the West. And then he came to uh, his his project, he said. One time he said, I've done my Guru Maharaj's order by spreading Krishna consciousness all over the West. Now I want to revive Krishna consciousness in India, amongst the Indian people. And it's like right now, we have a... And from India, doing the Arctic here in here in the United States, doing Radhakala Chanji's Arctic, because Prabhupada wanted to, he really cared about his countrymen, and to see in India becoming degraded and and following the the worst parts of the of Western culture was very sad for Prabhupada because he he saw how India was becoming a hellish place by. Their lack, their lack of Vedic culture, or their rejection of Vedic culture, in, in favor of of the Western uh, demoniac culture, soul killing civilization that Prabhupada called it, that uh, civilization just aimed at sense gratification without any devotional service to Krishna. He considered that to be a a soul-killing civilization, a place of where you, you, a person's soul becomes buried in, in a, the passion and ignorance of a society that's that doesn't uh, that's not directed towards pleasing Krishna. So, Prabhupada's uh, influence is what brought us all here. So he wanted to go to India, and he thought that well, they they like Americans so much in the Western country. I'll bring some, Amer- I'll bring these Westerners to India. So he gathered a devotee from every temple in America. There's like 25 temples in America. So Prabhupada got all these nice devotees: Giriraj Swami, Tamal Krishna Goswami, Shamasundar Malati all the ones that went to England, and all the best Sankirtan devotees throughout ISKCON were gathered, or at least one of each, were, were gathered into this World Sankirtan Party that Srila Prabhupada formed to travel around India. That's That was the year 1970. So, Srila Prabhupada's... Uh, plan was uh, was to parade these Western devotees all around India, especially uh, northern India, the Bombay, Mayapur, Calcutta area, and uh, New Delhi. And Srila Prabhupada took these devotees, and they would stay at friends at, at all over the place. They were hosted 
and taken care of, and they would do Harinam and book distribution and prasadam and, pro- and huge pondal programs that thousands of people would come. And Srila Prabhupada had, had a big impact on India right away with this, because people were just absolutely mesmerized by the Western devotees, sometimes called dancing white elephants. Or sometimes Prabhupada said that he used us like uh, Lord Ramachandra used a bunch of monkeys to fight the war against Ravana. So Prabhupada <laughs> gathered these Western disciples and used, was able to use us to help um, reach the, the Indian people who were very cultured. I mean, Krishna consciousness, he said, is just below the surface. Uh, also referred to us as white aborigines. So sometimes it seemed like Prabhupada was uh, just doing the best of what, what he could. <laughs> I wouldn't want to call it a motley crew, but we, it, a lot of devotees were a little rough around the edges when it came to uh, Vedic life. And Srila Prabhupada told him, you know, make sure that you don't eat anything with your left hand. And you've got to always set an example. These people are watching you real close. So Prabhupada had to try to teach them how to be devotees and act as Brahmins, you know, coming from a, a, a non-Brahminical upbringing. But it was, and it was very effective. So Giriraj Swami was there and he was, he uh, wrote this fantastic book that we've been reading lately. We finished the Yogeshwar's book Swami in a Strange Land. It was a very nice account that he did of basically Srila Prabhupada's whole life. It's kind of a like another version of the Lila Marita. And it took us uh, eight months to read that. Now we're reading Giriraj Swami's book. And it's August 1970. After five years in the United States, Srila Prabhupada prepared to return to India with some of his American disciples. When he was asked why he was going to India, when his guru Maharaj had ordered him to preach in the West, he replied, I've already done that. Spread Krishna consciousness in Europe and America. Now I want to revive the spiritual culture of India. Before leaving for India, Prabhupada had asked that each of our 14 or so temples in America send the best man they could spare, generally the second in command, to join him. Pretty much every devotee wanted to get to be with Prabhupada in India, and I was chosen to go from Boston, to Skiriraj Swami speaking. So that October, I was on my way to India, and in Brussels, I first met three of Prabhupada's earliest and most prominent disciples, Yamuna, Shamasundar, and Shamasundar's wife, Malati with their two-year-old daughter, Saraswati, and Gurudas, Yamuna's husband, whom I had met in Boston, was also with them. He had arranged a cheap flight on a small airline, and that evening, 11 of us, without Shamasundar, who stayed behind to escort four more devotees from America the following day, boarded an old converted dual-prop 
propeller cargo plane bound for Bombay with a stop in Cairo, Egypt. There was unrest in Cairo. President Gamal Abdul Nassar had recently died, and when we landed, we were met on the tarmac by soldiers and armed security guards with bandoliers of bullets strapped across their chests and machine guns slung over their shoulders. As we deplaned, they followed us with their machine guns stepping down the mobile stairway. Yamuna noticed the guards shifting their aim behind her, the muzzles of their guns pointing up and then down. When she turned to see what they were aiming at, there I was behind her, jumping up and down as I chanted. There was some anxiety about how the people in, in Egypt might react to hearing every word of the Hare Krishna mantra. And on the tarmac, Chidananda set up an altar on a table, and we began, as we began the kirtan, crowds of onlookers surrounded us and watched us from the terminal's windows and balconies, leaning over the railings to smile and wave at us. Below, I was elated. Not only were we on our way to the holy land of India, but now... We were chanting Hare Krishna and dancing in exotic Muslim Egypt. And all these people were getting the benefit of hearing the holy names. After leading the chanting for some time, I addressed the soldiers and other people gathered around us. Then I took two of the soldiers by the hand and pulled them into the kirtan. And they sang and danced and laughed in enjoyment. Nanda Kumar had been playing kartos. But feeling anxious about the potential dangers of the situation, he circled around the plane to chant by himself and pray for protection. When I came back, he later described, the first thing I saw was two machine guns leaning against the bus and Giriraj holding one guy in each hand. And these Egyptian military guys were jumping up and down and chanting Hare Krishna with big grins on their faces. So this is a, a very auspicious start to Srila Prabhupada's World Sankirtan Party. <laughs> that they traveled, Srila Prabhupada brought these devotees to come to India. And on the way, they stopped off in Cairo, Egypt, and started the Hare Krishna movement in Cairo, Egypt, by, getting the, by engaging these um the Egyptian army in a Harinam and having them sing and dance and chant Hare Krishna in ecstasy. So this is rather quite extraordinary and a very nice way to, way to uh, begin Krishna consciousness uh, on a worldwide international level, bringing it to India. When they arrived in Bombay, they didn't know what to accept, expect. We were filled with excitement and expectation. We were finally in the holy land of India and would soon be meeting up with Srila Prabhupada and embarking on great adventures in Krishna consciousness. So, welcome, Ross. We were just uh, telling the story about how Srila Prabhupada started after spreading Christian consciousness in America for the first five years, 
and he wanted to spread it in India, so he took American devotees and, West, and European devotees, a band of about 25, and brought them to India and did this pandals. They put on big programs where they distributed lots of Hare Krishna mantra and lots of books. Uh, distribution of muchos libros de la Krishna the Kanta Hare Krishna, the Bailar, the Kantadar, the programa, the uh, and the, the comida. So the, the Santo Nombres, the comida de la Krishna, the uh, Bailar, the Kantadar, the los los libros de la India is. Uh, like the total package that he uh, used for spreading Christian consciousness very effectively. You know? So that's why we're here today, gathered here today in the name of Krishna, in, in the service of Srila Prabhupada, to try to just keep uh, going what, what he gave us, you know, to maintain what, what, what he's what he began. Like Srila Prabhupada's influence now is is that, at least here in this temple, is, I, is, is people are, are coming who don't, who never met Srila Prabhupada, but they just know about him through his books, through his history. And just on the way of take there's always more and more, I see there's always new people coming and taking taking up the chanting of Hare Krishna and following all these programs. And then, because Prabhupada, he gave us instructions that were very uh, thorough. There's a lot of what we have. We, there's a lot of little details that we do into, in the temple. You know, the, a collective effort of devotees cooking for Radha Kalachanji and serving the deities. And cleaning this temple, and we had the Guru Puja for Srila Prabhupada every day. We have uh, all the programs that Prabhupada gave us, and in this way, uh, Christian consciousness is is uh, continuing on, and it's called the Parampara system. And if we don't change anything, and just uh, keep it intact, and we, it can be handed on from one generation to another. This place in the Futura, uh, Krishna consciousness is uh, ecstatica and uh, prevalent. Or say it will be, uh, it continue our, continue our largo tiempo. So we really appreciate everyone that's interested in. in Helping Srila Prabhupada, and every and everything that we do, just by coming to the temple, hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam class is, is, is a service to Srila Prabhupada, just to see the deities. Like our president Nityananda says that anybody who comes to the temple is is has been invited by Radha Kalachanji. There are so many services to do, and people get involved in the devotional service. And hopefully they 
get involved in the Sankirtan movement. We, we have devotees who go out and sell Prabhupada's books in, in Alice, and we also have people who go on down to places like Deep Ellum or Lower Greenville, find places in town and, and chant Hare Krishna, Bailar, Yakantadar, uh, exterior, uh, outside in the, in the city. So that's the, uh, the great miracle. So in today's verse, we, we read about how uh, Maharaj Yudhisthira was a great king that the pious leaders in the past uh, were a great relief to the citizens and a great example of Krishna consciousness. Genesis.